0: The Green Bay Packers fell in Denver nineteen seventeen, to what I can only describe as a bad football team. Welcome in to everybody on the network now. And it wasn't, you can't lay this one at the feet of the defense. Uh, This is clearly an offensive problem. And going through the first three or four drives for the Green Bay Packers, listen to this. I want you to listen to this. This is their productivity on first and second down, okay? Four yards minus one yard, five yards, eight yards, two yards, one yard, two yards, incomplete, three yards, minus two, three yards, three yards, two, minus 11, six yards, and four yards. That's that's their yardage on first and second down. So part of the problem is that As they say, you're playing behind the sticks. You're not playing ahead of them. You're not getting yourself in third and two, third and one situations, third and three. You're uh, third and five, first down, third and two, third and eight, third and nine, um, second and nine, uh, second and ten, third and seven, third and nine third and five third and eight third and two, third and eighteen I mean these these are your downs Th- this is your offense your offense stinks coming out of the shoot and this is when it's supposed to be like firing on all cylinders you get into a little bit of a rhythm you kind of adapt to what they're doing you try to dictate your brand of football because you come out with your scripted I mean, it, it it but but that's where they're at they're playing behind the sticks because they can't generate offense and the offense is killing this team in the first half of ball games killing this team now some of those they converted but i'm just kind of giving you an example because when you go back through their drive chart and you think how did they do well <laughs> Their drive chart was three uh, three downs, eight yards, punt. Five downs, 16 yards with a penalty of negative five, punt. Six yards, uh, uh, six plays, 10 yards total gained, punt. Uh, 11 play, 52-yard drive. That was a missed field goal. And one play for 14 yards, and that ends the half. That's, That's your first half. Three and out, punt. Five plays, 16 yards, punt. Six plays, 10 yards, punt. You finally put a drive together. You missed a field goal in your next drive. Boom. One play, 14 yards, and the half's over. That's your first half of your ball game. Now, tell me, with the takeout, and I know you don't, you can't all the time, but you take this out, you take out the 11-play drive, and if you take out the 11-play drive, you ran a total of 15 plays in the first half. Now, you had the 11-play drive, and you got to account for that. But you got three and out, five and out, six and out, one and out. How does your defense recover? How is that complimentary football in any way, shape, or form? There's just so many things innately wrong with the offense. By the end of the game, statistically, these two teams were about dead even. They're about the same. As a matter of fact, the Packers, for the first time in I don't know how many games, actually ended up on the positive side of time of possession. But that's because they were playing hurry up and they were were moving the sticks. Their defense played better in the second half. They're... They were able to get some additional stops, and we know that uh, traditionally D- Denver's offense stinks in the second half of ball games, and they, that showed its ugly head again. But man, there's no complimentary football there, and I hate to use that term because we know that's a Matt Lafleur term, but it is what it is. It's true. It's true. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, again, 877 867 1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to do so. Eric Branchak is going to join us in about an hour from now. I had to push back about a half an hour. So, Eric Branchek in about an hour from now, breaking down the film. Then, Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette, also going to join us in about a, an hour and a half from right now. And then, Mike Clemens, the entire last hour of the show with us. So, we got a lot uh, a lot of discussion. In the meantime, it's you and I, 877 867 1670. 877 867 1670. Give us a shout. Um, God, uh, let's see here. This is uh, from Mark. Mark says, uh, this is becoming a broken record week after week. Why does Matt LaFleur always say it's on me? If it's on him, then why is he even the head coach? If every week he's going to own up to his own mistakes, it seems to me that he's got more mistakes each week to own up to this team can't move the football. And all he wants to do is say, I need to coach better. Well, if you need to coach so much damn better then why don't you go find a different job? We don't have the patience. To look at a coach, uh, to look at a coach week in and week out that tells us it's always his fault because he's protecting his guys. I look, I don't have a problem with that because you know he, he's not going to start throwing his guys under the bus. He's just not going to do it. To me, that's coach speak. It, it you know it it doesn't have any bearing on what's actually going on. Uh, this is from Bill who says, uh, they don't utilize Luke Musgrave enough. Now he's got a concussion, uh, thoughts. Well, I think Luke Musgrave is a bona fide good tight end. That's going to continue to emerge and continue to get better. But that was a cheap shot by Jackson. I hope Jackson is suspended or I, I think he should be suspended. He's racked up. They They talked about it during the broadcast yesterday. He's racked up all kinds of fines already. I think it's $90,000 worth of fines and yet he goes in again with his crown of his helmet down and takes another headshot and knocks somebody out of the game. If the NFL doesn't do something, then the NFL is, which we already know is, is hypocritical, but the NFL is 100% a liar, 100% a liar. you got a guy that's finally been ejected from a game because he just keeps taking head and the NFL's not doing anything. Suspend his ass. Set him down for six games. Take away even more pay. Then maybe he'll get it through his head. Otherwise, he's going to really hurt somebody. That was the old school of football. When football was football and men were men, and you rubbed dirt on it, I get all of that. But we know so much more about the game today. Quit—he's he, taking headshots. He's head hunting people, you know. And at some point, you got to get rid of a guy like that, you know. perfect was the guy that was uh, what in Cincinnati, I think he was the guy that they finally tamed because he was taking headshots at people. Uh, let's go to Tom listening to us in West Salem. Tom, how you doing today, man? What's going on?
1: I'm doing fine, sir. Wanted to comment about uh, you know a second half. They're uh, they're always going for that fourth down, you know, and then three or four and stuff. And I'm sure there was a couple times yesterday later in the game that they had a chance to chip away and kick a couple field goals. And I think that could have won them the game in the end. So I don't know why they're always doing that. You know, it's been a big thing this year. They're always going at it for mm-hmm. fourth and long when they could have chipped away at the points. So. I just thought I'd bring that up. I think Lafleur had some pretty
0: bad uh, calling on that game. And at so, this point, I'm not going for it anymore on fourth down. Uh, I, you know, unless you're in no man's land, I'm just not going to do it. Appreciate the phone call, and the reason why is because your offense is inept. What you need to do is start taking the points, keeping the point, putting the points on the board. I mean, if you got a question about your kicker, that's one thing. But at this point in time, I think you need. Uh, to to start taking the points, I would agree with you. Now, if you're going for it on fourth down at the 45 yard line, and you're questionable about whether or not he would make a 58 to 60 yard field goal, okay, I understand it, but I'm not uh, I'm I'm not doing it anymore. Just for the fact that this team can't, it, they struggle to score points, so you might as well take what you got, bird in the hand. You know what I mean. Bird in hand. Let's go to Kerry, uh listening to us in Minnesota. Carrie, how you doing today? What's going on?
1: Hey, good, Bill. I am not a Packer fan, but but I do watch the Packers, and and every Monday morning I hear you comment about how the only time the Packers can move the ball is in the hurry up offense, and and I'm wondering why don't they kind of go to a more of an up tempo offense? They do seem to do better that way, and that was just my comment.
0: No, I appreciate it. I sometimes when you go up tempo, you can get a personnel package that's on the field against you that you just match up better with and it seems to work. It also seems to get guys into a rhythm and it's also for young guys it's where they don't think as much, you just go out and do, you know, and and you know, sometimes that's effective. But at some point you have to be effective. You have to get into a rhythm as an offense. You know, every other offense in the National Football League can do this. Hell, Mac Jones did it yesterday. You know, you you got to be able to come out and establish your offense, and then when they make their adjustments, you make your adjustments, and you're just a step ahead or better than them. And this team's not. Here's the question. Why is it that this team goes down two scores and then decides to turn it on? suddenly they start making plays because defenses back off. Or if they pin their ears and come after you, they'll leave open holes. You know, I mean, it, it's there's a myriad of things that go on. I mean, I, we can sit here and break down every play and say what they're doing and who they're rushing and where they're coming from, and I, you know, I understand all of that. But it seems like there isn't any sense of urgency, any moxie in this team until the second half when they realize the game. One more score puts them out of it, and the game is about over. And then they start to come back. And that's dangerous. You, you know, Like we said during the, the post-game show of the Saints game, it's great they won the game, but why in the world did you wait to the fourth quarter to say, okay, maybe we can put up 18 points? You went three quarters without doing anything. And 18 points does not erase the fact that you don't have an offense. And since then, it's been the same. I, I gave you the numbers yesterday. Go back uh, against New Orleans. Uh, the first quarter against Atlanta, you didn't do anything. Put up 10 points in the second, 14 points in the third, and really when they clamped the defense down on you, you couldn't even move the football in the fourth quarter. It was a dismal failure. Then you come back, and you had zero points through the fourth quarter of the Atlanta game and the first through three quarters of the New Orleans game. You went four quarters without scoring a point. Without scoring a point, then they put up 18. Then you got Detroit. You go three, you kick a field goal in the first quarter, nothing in the second, and you were able to muster 17, eight in the third quarter, 14 in the fourth, or nine in the fourth quarter. Then against Las Vegas, again, you mustered a field goal in the fourth quarter, nothing in the second quarter, seven points, and it's pretty much it. Then you come into Denver. So you don't score in the fourth quarter against Las Vegas. You don't score in the first two quarters against Denver. And then you put up seven points or 10 points in the third. And seven points in the fourth. I mean, you go through these scoring droughts where it's just three and out, three and out, four and out, five and out, three and out, five and out, six and out. It's It just, it, it, it's inept. I I don't know how else to put it. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how else to put it. It's just bad. Just bad. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Got a lot of emails to get to more phone calls to get to as well. I promise you when we come back. Um, the uh, Kenneth says, uh, on one hand, the defense hasn't given up a lot of points. True. But at any point when Green Bay took the lead, did you think that the defense would actually hold Denver? Uh, no. And that goes back to the comment. For those of you that didn't get a chance to hear it, you'll hear it when we come back. That is a little bit concerning, and we're going to talk with Mike Clemens about coming back at the last hour of the program. But I want you to hear this when we return. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up, and it's coming up right after. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. uh, they have, well, they're the best. I mean, I I got them in my house, and and I'd swear by them. So if anybody ever came to me and said, uh, put your hand on a stack and swear that they're the best windows you've ever had, I'd be easily able to say, no problem, because they are. And the fact that uh, you've got the winds blowing outside, I know it's going to get a little, we're talking in the highs in the 40s this coming weekend. So you know the cold weather is here. It's just about upon us. And you want to make sure that you don't have the breezes blowing through any cracks and crevices or a window that doesn't lock properly, a door that doesn't close properly. You want to be safe at night. You take a trip. You don't to have to stick that that stick in your door frame, all that kind of stuff. That's Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, man. Get the free. It's a, it's a free in-home consultation. There's no reason not to call, right? If you're thinking about it, they have vinyl windows. They have Impervia, which is... As strong as, if not stronger than fiberglass, they've got the different styles of wood windows. They have different hardware, exterior, uh, different innovations like the slider window, the roll screens, all that different stuff. And they've got something for everybody's budget. So there's no reason you shouldn't be able to at least make your home more economical and make it more your home. You know, you don't don't live with that if you don't have to. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And, again, it's a free in-home consultation. It doesn't cost you anything. They'll come out, take a look at it, and the worst you can do is say, nah, I don't want it. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. But at least find out what your options are. Check out our friends at PellaWI.com. That's P-E-L-L-A. PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com. Or call them, 855-PELLAWI. That's 855-PELLAWI and see what uh, see what I'm talking about. Just really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um. The uh, hoop says uh, the head coach always going to be a mere reflection of how the team performs. For example, Matt Lafleur. Um. Then you've got uh, Lafleur's mind hasn't been right the past couple of years since being uh, caught up with. Oh, uh, geez, no, not going to go there. Um. This is from a uh, Jake who says that uh, I believe that Matt Lafleur is in over his head, he feels the ship starting to go under and doesn't have it away, it doesn't have a way to keep it above water. Okay. That I can understand. You kinda of got the kind of the deer in the headlights look. Uh, Cindy says as a fan, I love my Packers and will continue to support them, but I am not happy at all because there is no accountability. There's no repercussions for what's going on in this field. Uh, this team has no identity. They buy some of the comments lately with the players uh, and the coaches and the staff. Losing a locker room, Joe Barry needs to be gone immediately. And if he's not, then that's on Matt LaFleur. In case you didn't hear it in the first hour of the program, last night during the postgame show, uh, Mike Clemens always on site. He was in the locker room last night, and uh, Mike and I got talking. And in very Mike-esque way, Mike kind of has this to say, and we're going to talk about it later today, obviously, but he had this to say, which really, that, it's kind of like you buried the lead, but that perked my ears up. Take a listen to what he had to say after the game.
1: I told Russell Douglas I've heard now from one defensive player uh, with no attribution, but on the record that our defensive coordinator comes in, comes in with one plan, changes it at halftime. There's no vigor. There's no emotion to it. Just changes the plan, and they don't really know what the hell they're supposed to be doing.
0: Take that for what it's worth. A player tells Mike on the record but doesn't want to have attribution to it. And and that's not being a coward. That's basically saying, look, I don't want to sit here and get buried by the coaches and all of a sudden the PR department's running around trying to find out who who's talking and who's saying things because they're more worried about, you know, kind of covering their own ass than they are about fixing the problem. You know? That, it, I get it. You don't want people speaking out of school. I understand that. But fix the problem. You know, it's kind of like shooting the messenger for the problem at hand. I can't believe you said that. Well, but it's true. Is the statement true? Right? So basically says, look, we come in with one game plan, which I, okay, I understand you game plan for a certain thing. You don't want to get a lot of, you know, different variances. But then you see what you need to do at half. There's no fire. There's no brimstone. There's no rah-rah. There's no let's get up on that. Let's Here's a good job. Here's a bad job. None of that. It's just, hey, we're going to try this and then walk away. Now, I, I would assume there's more of an in-depth discussion, but the way it's being made to sound is if it's like we come down, we change things up, guys look at each other like, okay, what are we supposed to do? And then in the second half of a the game, there's confusion because you're really not sure where you're supposed to be. And then that's your defensive coordinator, you know, and you, you look at the stretch of games and Tyler, you're right. Tyler over on the live stream says that this is a very winnable stretch of games, starting with the Raiders. And I don't see too many wins over the next month. I can't imagine any game that the Packers are going to be favored in because they can't score. As much as we want to talk about the defense, and that's an indictment of Joe Barry, I mean an indictment of Joe Barry, now from inside the locker room, but you can't get past the fact that the offense stinks. It just, it's just bad. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, is it Mirza? Mirza? Yeah, we got Mirza on line three. Mirza, Mirza, go ahead. What, what's uh, what's on your mind?
1: Hey, Bill, thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate you. It. Bet. Um, I uh, I just there's you know they, they we always say there's no moral victories or anything like that. Uh, you know I, I do understand that, but I think tapering expectations is huge. Obviously, you lose Aaron Rodgers. You know it's hard. Those quarterbacks like that don't grow on trees. I think the biggest thing is, is from Jordan Love. We're not seeing any progression. That that's the biggest thing. Two back breaking game ending interceptions that didn't need to need need, need to happen. So so my, my I guess what I'm trying to say, and it's kind of a question for you, Bill, do you think that because Aaron was so good and so elite, he can you can open up the playbook to him that Matt LaFleur's hands are a little bit tied with Jordan Love. He's not quite sure if I call this, can he make that throw? Is he going through his progressions? Even in the first All touchdown right. pass yesterday. That was a poor. That was a poor throw. Mm-hmm. That was a poor throw. If Romeo doesn't come down and strong arm that, that just as easily as could have been an interception. So I, I guess I guess I wanted wanted your you know your take on that. Bill. do you think that Lafleur's hands are tied a little bit because he doesn't? I believe.
0: I, I think they're tied a little bit just because maybe. I, I mean, yesterday you saw two guys in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs run the exact same route at the exact same time. They ended up next to each other. And then they were looking at each other like they didn't understand where they were supposed to be. To me, that's coaching. These are second-year guys. If you have not explained it to them and taught them well enough to understand where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there and how they're supposed to be running that particular play, then you've got some issues. Or is it the terminology that Jordan Love is using, which we all know at times has been erroneous. He's called or used wrong terms in situations such as that fourth down play down in Atlanta. So I don't know if he's the problem. And that's just it. We don't know the specifics of the problem, but we've seen the same problems over and over again. And that, to me, is coaching. When you got two guys running the exact same route in the same area, Mm -hmm. and we've seen this, and then you go to self-scout, and then you go to a bye week where everything's supposed to be kind of worked out, and two what I want to consider to be veteran guys now do the exact same thing again, you've got problems. I don't even yeah. know if it's just Matt Lafleur and the play calling and not being able to call a play. It's the fact that maybe for whatever reason it just hasn't been taught well enough. I don't know why.
1: And that's the biggest thing for me as a fan is like I have nothing to hang my hat on. Like, is there what? What am I? What can I look forward to in this next game? Where you can take you can take bits and pieces of games and say, you know what? Yes, we lost. That sucks, but this is what I can take from this. There's honestly, like there's nothing we can't score in the first half. D- defense gives a back breaking. You know, plays when they need to be more elite. But the other, you know, the the other, the flip side of that is we held the Raiders and the Broncos to not a lot of points.
0: Right. I agree. I I mean, the defense has done the the last couple of games specifically, they've done enough to win, and they just haven't. I mean, the offense is terrible. When you're not scoring points in the first half, I'm talking about the first – it's one thing not to be able to get off to a fast start in the first couple drives, but in the first half of ball games, you can't score – that means you're playing from behind almost the entire game, and your defense has its back behind against the wall. If, if your defense had a lead, say a two-score lead, they can pin their ears back and come after guys, and they can play all out because they don't have to worry about people getting behind them. Just, just go out and get after it. They can't because now they have to worry all the time about getting another score against them. Because all of a sudden, if they're three scores up or four scores up, the game's pretty much over. They're the I, I hate to say they're the last line of defense because your offense isn't helping at all. You're, sometimes your best defense is keep, a good offense at keeping your offense on the field, but they can't do that. So now it's all on the defense, and I think it's unfair to blame it all on the defense. Now, do I think Joe Barry's a great coordinator? Hell no. But I think it's unfair to lay it all at the defense's feet at this point because the offense is doing nothing and it looks like garbage. Makes sense. There you go. Appreciate it, man. He drops off. You get on board 877-867-1670. Dustin over on the live stream says, now that I've slept on it, I see Jordan Love as very indecisive or perhaps more accurately too decisive on a single read. He is like a kid learning the position who looks into the actual play call and the first read. LaFleur wants to throw it deep to Dobbs, heavy uh, to heave it deep. Doesn't matter who it might be open or it's going to where the play tells him to go. LaFleur is being very exposed in the absence of 12. It started last season when Aaron Rodgers began to stop improvising. It just went with what the offense was that was called. I think he began here with a very inventive offense, but the league has caught up and he has failed to adopt. And I appreciate that over on the live stream. Uh, this is from Michael says it's time to move on from love. Enough is enough. All the scouts said uh, he couldn't play before the draft. So what the hell? Um, oh, they are favored according to sip. They are favored right now against the Vikings on bet rivers. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll take your word for it, but I wouldn't favor him. I think that it is as bad as the Vikings have been. And we're going to see more of them tonight. But as bad, bad as the Vikings have been, I'd still take the Vikings and their ability to score more than twenty points. Just so, just so you know.
2: When people say they're out on Jordan Love, like we're done with him, we've seen enough. What what are they suggesting? What what does that mean?
0: Uh, I think there's a lot of people that want to see Sean Clifford, and that's not going to happen.
2: Why would I watch Sean Clifford at Penn State for years? I I know what that guy is. I know he's not good. There's there ain't yeah. nothing there.
0: I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I Sean Clifford, at least, uh, to many looked better in the preseason, but then again, that's preseason and it's playing against the threes and fours. Uh, so I don't put a lot of stock into it, but I, uh, I, I don't know. I, they're not going to move on from Jordan love all of a sudden. It's not going to happen. Um, he's going to get the entire year to figure it out and then they'll figure out what they want to do come the off season for sure. I, that's what's going to happen. Uh, coming up in a half hour, Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette is going to uh, going to swing by and say hi to us. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up. Right- Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. time of the year when you're going to start thinking about rings. The engagement rings, anniversary rings, diamonds, pendants, earrings, rings, 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 of any kind. Check out our friends at Kane, K-O-E-H-N, Kane and Kane Jewelry. They are located in West Bend, Wisconsin. And if you want to see uh, their website, go to KaneJewelry.com. K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. Andy and his staff are just, just great people. He also does a really good podcast called Buy Like a Guy. So if you are uh, considering jewelry of any type for the holiday, that's the place. to, And it's worth it. It's it's worth the trip to West Bend. If you don't already live in that area, it's worth the trip to West Bend. That's canejewelry.com, canejewelry.com. Check it out. And uh, Andy and his staff, like I mentioned, they're just really, really good people. Really good people. So give them a shout and tell them we sent you. Good, good stuff from our friends at Cane uh, and Cane Jewelers uh, in West Bend. 877-867-1670. Got an email here. Uh, this is Matt in Milwaukee he says, uh, when I say that I've seen enough of Jordan love, it means that this season is a loss and the Packers need to find a better quarterback in the off season. I don't think that Clifford is the guy, but it certainly can't hurt to at least find out what you have in him. I don't need to see any more of an inaccurate passer who now looks confused and has regressed as this, as the season has moved along. I'm sure his mom loves him, but he's not our quarterback. It's time to find the next one. That's from Matt in Milwaukee, and he says, see, it's Stenny's on Friday night. I forgot about that. Don't forget, uh, we're going to be there on Friday night, this Friday night, not Saturday night, Friday night. Uh, Stenny's, second and national, down at Walker's Point, and uh, we're going to be there for their annual costume contest. That's going to be happening this Friday. Normally, it's on Saturday, but because they moved the Ohio State-Wisconsin uh, game back, That game uh, then would run into the party, and they don't want to do that. They want to make sure that all the Wisconsin fans coming in there get a chance to just kind of relax and enjoy the game. So the costume contest, the Halloween party, is going to be this Friday night at Stenny's. Friday night, not Saturday. So we'll see you down there this Friday night. Uh, Myself, Grant Bills. We got a whole host of friends and people coming with us that are going to be judges for the costume contest. And they're giving away all kinds of stuff, including cash and food and parties and all kinds of cool stuff. So we'll see you at Stenny's second to national Walker's Point this coming Friday night. Friday night. Looking forward to that. Uh this is from Kayla in Sheboygan said, Would you be inspired at all by Matt LaFleur and now Joe Barry? That's Kayla in Sheboygan. She says, nice forgotten fire shirt as well. I had a great time this weekend, by the way. I didn't even mention that. A lot of anger, a lot of angst this weekend. But um, went to uh, the Four Seasons Island Resort where the the wine dinner on Friday night was fantastic. And the the chef that they had was just an mean, that's there. I mean, he's their chef. But it was amazing. The pairing of the wines was amazing. Everything from Washington to Portugal to Italy – and back into the United States and Connecticut wines, it was just a, a, just a tremendous trip of vineyards and pairings, and that was spectacular. And then on Saturday, uh, you're right, we went in to see uh, Jake and the gang over at Forgotten Fire Winery in Peshtigol. And, uh, you know, picked up a T-shirt and got a couple of things of wine. But uh, for our Christmas party, Kristen always does, does something special and tries to do something local and support local businesses. So one of the things that we do for our Christmas party when we give away prizes for the best ugly sweaters and that kind of stuff is she puts together these baskets. And one of the baskets is going to be a Forgotten Fire basket with different wines and ciders and all that kind of stuff. So she kind of went crazy and bought a bunch of stuff from the winery. So we came back with a whole a whole trunk load of the brown sugar cider that is so incredibly good from them. We got two big uh, growlers of that and two four-packs of different styles of cider beers and wines that they make, and then a couple of bottles of Moscato, a bottle of Pinot Grigio, uh, glassware, cups, koozies, shirts. I mean, it was like we were the poster children for, you know, souvenirs for Forgotten Fire Winery. So, so yeah, I got the Forgotten Fire Winery shirt on today. So there you go. Supporting the local business. You know? Can I
2: ask you a, a lighthearted question for 60 yes. seconds before we get back into the Packers? So last week on my show, because I was up north last weekend, we were talking about – the drive up north, Highway 53, Highway 51. Yes. So you went up north, the other side of the state. You cruised up 141. Is that the way you went up to the Four Seasons? Uh, tell um, me. Yes. Tell Can me about the drive.
0: How, how was, it? was it? Was it a fun it, trip up there? It was spectacular because the colors are amazing. I'm um, I, I, Down where I live here in the Milwaukee area and the southern portion of the state, it's still kind of turning. It's not peak yet. Up there, it might be... A few days past peak, um, but oh my goodness, the uh, the the colors were just spectacular. It, it was so nice, and and on Saturday when we went to Peshtigo, it was even nicer. Uh, it, it was like sunny and beautiful, and we got up on Saturday morning and took a long walk, and uh, oh yeah, it was it was awesome. So you go up one forty one. And you go through uh, through Coleman and Pound and all the little little towns up there. Wasaki is another one, and then you get up to Pembine, and where you know where there's Highway Eight, and then you go a little bit further on Highway Eight. You get right into Iron Mountain, Michigan. And we went into Iron Mountain, Michigan on Saturday as well. And uh, and hung out there, but um, it, which again we had a, a great time. We found a couple of new restaurants, and we love Polly's Underground uh, up there, which is a really cool bar. Underground, literally underground. Uh, but yeah, we uh, the the ride up was spectacular. Coming home yesterday too was warm. It was sunny, and it was beautiful. I mean, it was just like wow. The you couldn't have asked. I took some pictures. I don't know if uh, people have seen them over on the uh, the Facebook fan page. I took some pictures on friday morning when we got up and took a walk now the sky was a little cloudy in the morning and it kind of cleared up as the day went along but take a look at the pictures that i posted they're they're just and and there's nothing doctored on those pictures those are just the pictures and between the leaves around the bridges and the trees and the setting by the golf course and alongside the river it's just it's spectacular just spectacular so uh, if you get a chance to Head up in that direction. I know there was a lot of UTVers and ATVers that were up there, but then when the snow starts to fly, the other scenic side of this thing is is when the snow's up there, they have uh the uh the snowmobile trails open up and oh my goodness. Uh th- that's beautiful up there as well. But yeah, it was it was fun. It was nice. Could to get away. You know, and just do nothing for a couple of days. Oh, I meant to mention this. I gotta do this real quick. I-, I promised him I would do this. So and I wanna I wrote it down so I wouldn't screw it up, but I believe it's Paul and I wanna be sure here real quick. Uh, Paul and Jennifer and, uh, yes, Paul and Jennifer. So we're sitting in, uh, on Thursday night, we got there sitting at the bar, uh, downstairs, the boundary water sports bar and grill. And the hotel had not really filled up yet. There was a few, you know, rooms that were taken and some people that were there, but it had not filled up. So Paige was the bartender and we ran into Amanda and a bunch of the staff that we know. And then the last few patrons of people that were staying there went on upstairs. Well, we got there later. So we kind of hung in the bar, and it was probably 10 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock, something like that, and there's this couple that walked in that sits down next to us, and the guy says to Paige, the bartender, he's like, hey, I heard about this place this weekend. Now, he had been in a band, and he'd sang there before, so but but he he didn't hear about it for the first time, but he said, I heard about this place this weekend because Bill Michaels is going to be here. Do you know if he's here? And I turned to the guy and I said, I'm him. Nice to meet you. And they came there specifically because we said we were going there. And his, uh, I don't know if it was his wife or girlfriend, just got inducted into the Lions Club, and that was her special night for them up there and and going out. So they came over to say hello. So I wanted to make sure I said hi to Paul and Jennifer. And we had so many people that heard we were going to be there that were there because of it, which was really cool. But uh, just a a really nice, relaxing getaway weekend. And that's what that place is. You just kind of unwind and unplug. And we had a great time. Went and walked the golf course. Nobody playing golf. Uh, There was like one foursome that was out on Friday morning. But other than that, there wasn't anybody. So we wanted to get up and move. So we decided to start at hole one and walk the golf course a couple of times. And I don't know how many miles it is, like three and a half, four miles, something like that but did that a couple times and just took pictures and enjoyed the the scenery. So what a great time. But uh, Four Seasons on the Resort is just awesome, awesome place. Um, Jack wants to know, he said, uh, hey, guys, do you think they would fire Matt LaFleur in the middle of the season the way they did Mike McCarthy? Also, what are you guys dressing up as for the costume contest on Friday night? Uh, To answer your question, no, they're not going to get rid of Matt LaFleur in the middle of the season. Uh, just that's not going to happen. They're going to give him every chance to to straighten this out because of the success. Now, again, if it looks like they lose the team, then maybe you would make a move if, say, in the next two or three games, things go really bad. But then you also have to remember, what do you have waiting in the wings? Well, the only guy with head coaching experience would then be Rich Passaccia, and he probably would become the next head coach. And then maybe that mentality changes. Passaccia seems to be a no-BS, old-school kind of guy. Maybe Maybe the fire and brimstone that he would bring would be a little more strong and inspirational and demanding than what Matt LaFleur is bringing or Joe Barry or what have you. But I don't think you let go of both your offensive play caller and your defensive coordinator in a season and then say, Rich Passaccia, go make something out of this mess. I don't think it's fair to Rich either. So my assumption would be no, they're not going to do anything until the end of the season. As far as the uh, the costume, uh, Grant, uh, are you uh, putting anything together for Friday night? Oh, well, I was going (laughs) to. I was going to follow your lead. I was hoping that you were
2: not going to dress up, so then I wouldn't have to dress up. Person, That was my hope. I have to. I have to, <sighs> unfortunately,
0: I have because to. Cr- Kristen bought something. So uh, I try to do something that's not way over the top that's easy for me um, because you can't buy. I mean, look, I'm 6'6 and 267 pounds. It's not easy to find things off the shelf like going to the giant pumpkin that are going to be easy to just slip into. So, uh, I, you know, I've done a, a, uh, steampunk stuff in the past. It's easy just go piecemeal it together, big jacket, walking stick. Uh, I have done the priest in the past, which is easy. Just throw on a black sport coat, black shirt, you know, white collar. That's easy. Uh, this year I bought a five X oversized prison jumpsuit and it was easy. Throw on some boots, put a number on you and off you go and, She's doing the dirty cop thing or something. I don't know. I have always looked at at, at, at uh, Halloween now. It has become to where, to where, first of all, it's more of an adult thing than it is a kid thing because adults have taken advantage of it so much. But the other thing is, is that this allows the girls to dress however they want to dress, and it's all part of the costume. Whether you want to go out in a onesie, uh, dress as Winnie the Pooh, or you want to go out as the dirty schoolgirl, whatever it happens to be, and you're okay with it. It's like kind of like going to Sturgis. When some girls you'll see in jeans and T-shirts, other girls you'll see wearing nothing but a G-string and a pair of chaps and a bra, and that's it. It's anything goes. It doesn't make you look twice. It's just like, okay, that's acceptable, and you move on. That's, that's what <laughs> Halloween has become, at least for the adult side of things. So, there you go. So, I got to figure out a costume. All right. You got to figure something out. That's a
2: project for me this week. I I need something to keep myself busy.
0: Yeah. All right, let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. We're going to come back. We'll get back into a a lot of other stuff, I promise you, and stay, uh, keep it more towards uh, the Green Bay Packers and what uh, egg they laid yesterday. Also, don't forget, coming up after the top of the hour, Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette is going to join us. We're going to break down the film. We're going to talk with Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette as well. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, so that's going to happen. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Steel Tank Brewing. Rock Lane in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, right behind the Exonia Bank. They're open for lunch. They open up Tuesday through Sunday for lunch. Big music venue that's about ready to open, and I can't wait for that as they are getting ever so close, ever so close to opening that thing up, and I can't wait to be out there for the first big night when they got some good music and some good bands out there at Steel Tank Brewing. Robruck Lane in Oconomowoc. Tell them we sent you and my God, the food is delicious. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up.
2: Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry! Take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Service charging supplies See showroom for details. Offers on 1031 10:31.
0: Had a great time last week, and uh, it's been a long time, but I've been going to lacrosse now, God, um, since we really opened the network and built the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network and uh, the Bill Michaels Broadcast Company, um, we have been coming to lacrosse since 2011 And one of the places that I love to go to that I frequent whenever I get a chance to get there has been obviously Buzzard Billy's and starlight lounge and such. But in West Salem, I love big board barbecue. It's just such a great story uh, about how, you know, a guy just had a, you know, a recipe, him and his wife started to put it together. They had a food truck, they had a catering service and then started to grow and then they turned it into a standalone business with catering, with a food truck, with everything that goes along with it. And then, they got a little bit older and they said, you know what? We just, we want to ride off into the sunset. So some of the employees that worked there bought it and uh, Connor and Cody and his brothers and they all got together and they bought it. And it's, I had a chance to stop out there and meet with them and Carter and meet with them and they're just such good people. And uh, they wanted me to remind you that, Hey, they have catering and they have food that you can take to your party. You can get big carry out uh, to go orders. Uh, but they also uh, obviously have some terrific specials. And starting next week, uh, you spend $25 on a gift card. You get 30 So $25 gift card will get you 30 So that's which is, you know, got a great stocking stuffer in the area because it's kind of a night out, you know. So check out our friends at Big Boar Barbecue. And it's good to have them back with us. Big Boar Barbecue. And uh, he said one of the things that caught their eye was the fact that uh, they want to do something for veterans, so they wanted to be a part of the motorcycle ride and wanted to come on board, and, and they, this is the way to do it. So I said, this is awesome. We, we'd love to, love to have you back, and great to get to know them and talk to them a little bit, but the Big Boar Barbecue, and if you are in that area in West Salem, it is worth the drive. Their, their, their sweet sauce is awesome. It really is. It's really, really good. But they've got some unbelievably good coleslaw as well. So, and it's hard to find really good coleslaw. That's for sure. But Big Boar Barbecue right there in West Salem. Great people, great stuff. And good to have him back with us. Um, Trevor says, is a quarterback Mago- Magoo is still available? I watched a couple of his games at the end of the USFL season. I believe he was the MVP. That's from Tom in Rapid City. Tom, um, here's the thing. They're not going to make a change. Unless it just goes so bad that, you know, Jordan Love is unplayable, they're not going to make a change. They are going to get, this is a first round draft. This is what happens when you got the term first round or second or third round in front of you. You get every opportunity in the world to make them a disbeliever. Because up until that point, they're a believer in you. They chose you because of your talent, your ability. So they know it's there. Now you get every opportunity in the world to either have them say, aha, we were right, which is what they want to do, or you get even more opportunities to the point where they finally say, God, we just, we screwed up. We can't do this. We can't keep running this out there. So there is, and I'm here to tell you, unless things go, Awful. Terribly wrong. I can't imagine at any point this season that they sit Jordan Love. Because if they once they sit him, it's done. It's done. That experiment is gone. And next year then is an open competition for numerous at the quarterback position. Whether it's finding uh, a quarterback in the offseason that's a veteran, or something else uh, via the draft or both. But once they sit him, it's over. It's over. He is nothing. He will be nothing more than Zach Wilson. He's just a guy filling a seat until somebody else better comes along. That's it. So they're going to give him some opportunity. But me, I've seen enough. Coming up next, Eric check of the Green Bay Press Gazette is going to join us. Stay tuned. We're going to talk with him and break down the film and get his thoughts. Bottom of the hour, Pete Doherty the Green Bay Press Gazette. He's going to be here. We're going to break it down, get his thoughts. And then the last hour of the show, it's our guy Mike Clemens. And oh boy, when Mike, uh, ho, 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 when he dropped that little nugget on us last night, instead of maybe listening to the nugget saying, we don't know what the hell's going on because of our coordinator, They'd rather put out the fire, but...